Hey, everybody. Welcome to Social Beauty Makers, a weekly podcast featuring fast-paced 15-minute conversations with industry masterminds, plus a weekly bonus episode on trends in tech and more for salons. Before I get started, if you like the podcast, I hope you leave a rating and or review and hit the subscribe button. All those things help others to find us. And for early access to new episodes and more content, sign up for my free weekly e-newsletter over at socialbeautymakers.com. I'm Gordon Miller. Thanks for tuning in. I am with one of my favorite guests of all time today. It's somebody I really love spending time with. We get to talk every so often off the podcast or before the podcast, but I love the opportunity to bring Anthony Whitaker to my audience always. And so um, the founder of GrowMySalonBusiness.com, he's got a wealth of experience and knowledge. He's a fellow podcaster, Anthony Whitaker. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Gordon. What a lovely introduction. I really appreciated that. And as always, it's great to uh, to be here and be uh, you know talking with you and your audience so thanks and we're going to talk about a mutually favorite topic and that's kind of money and economics and you know kind of the foundation of business right without money without that transaction uh, the business of beauty doesn't exist exactly and um you know one of the things that that uh, i've been sort of reflecting on lately is how you know now that we're in this post covid world um you know what's what's happening to the industry everywhere um you know what what are happening to salons and i suppose you know there's lots of things at play here um whether we're talking about the uh you know the rising you know cost of living the energy you know the cost of energy these days the, the you know the cost of living inflation all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff and and that sort of has followed on from uh the uh, economic uncertainty that that uh, that COVID brought with it, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting to see how how the world, different countries, and you know, right down to salons and individuals are dealing with um, you know financial challenges because um, it's it's a very different world to the world that we were in five years ago. And I, you know, I having spoken to you for years about you know what's happening throughout the industry, you always bring a really unique global perspective that few people have. And listening to you over the years and speaking to you over the years about this, it feels kind of like today more than ever that there's more commonalities that there used to be maybe perhaps more differences from country to country and continent to continent. And I know the differences are still there, but does it does it feel like we've all moved a little closer together in terms of the trends and how they might be impacting us? In in some ways, yeah. Um, I suppose you know the the big uh, um, you know fly in the ointment that maybe, and I'm saying maybe, is impacting on us more uh, in Europe is is the uh, the war in Ukraine. Yes. Um, uh, you yes. know, I know that's impacting on everybody, but yeah, it's having yeah. a a huge impact on uh, living costs and inflation and yes. uh, all that sort of thing in Europe. But I also recognise the fact that you know America is. Uh, um I, I believe the the number one uh you know financy financier or, or if that's the right word of uh of helping ukraine um i i know lots of countries are europe all the european countries the uk is as well but um yeah i mean that that was something that that no one anticipated certainly not on the tail end of of uh of of covid and so i i think that when i look back at it you know certain countries got a lot more government support than others. I was in Bulgaria just uh, this time last week, and uh, and their government gave them zero support. So salons weren't even ever officially closed anywhere. Uh, some did close, you know, temporarily, some didn't. Um, so, you know, 
and then in other countries, definitely the UK uh, and I know the US, that a lot of salons got a lot of financial support. Um, and, and that's good that they did. That was good for the industry. But, but I, I sort of get the feeling now that all that's over and uh, that, you know, no one is being supported. It's now you either are going to survive or you're not going to survive. And I get the feeling that there's a lot of small businesses everywhere uh, and the salon industry, you know, in, included in that are are being tested now because it really is now down to you and the business savvy you've got and have you managed whatever financial support you got from your government you know a year or two years ago so that now if things are uh challenging that you're in a better position to deal with that yeah no, that's fascinating and i have to just insert here because i my reaction my brain went here when when you said it i don't think i've ever spoken to a human being let alone someone in the industry who who said to me, uh, just got back from Bulgaria. So again, Anthony has is very in touch <laughs> with the entire globe, and it, it, it makes you quite special, I think, in, in terms of, uh, of your perception. You know, pandemic um, and and a lot of other things um, that have happened, you know, throughout history um, have have disrupted, you know, the economy, the, the way we live our lives. You know, that that word feels like a very new word. We haven't really used it that much in the past, but we live, I think, going forward in a forever probably series of different types of disruption. And and should we be thinking about the future in different ways because of that word? Yeah, I, I think that it's it's made people focus on business interruption as a fact of life. And I remember doing a presentation uh, recently talking about the economy and uh, I'd done a little bit of research on it. And um, I happened to remember that it was 1,630 um businesses close in the US every day small businesses that's 600,000 a year yep. now i think what happened during covid is it was a global thing so everybody was aware of interruption on a global scale but what people forget about is that interruption is happening to businesses every single day, but it just doesn't make the front page of the news because sometimes it's natural disasters, sometimes it's you know family or, or personal illness, sometimes it's car accidents, sometimes it is economic events, sometimes it's about partnership disputes or um, you know, unfortunately even death. But business interruption is a reality if you're in business. And I think that what was sort of made blatantly aware to me as an educator and a consultant in the industry is that as an industry that we were very much unprepared for that. Um, and, you know, a lot of us have often talked about how you should have three months of savings put as time at any uh, at any you know point in time to be able to navigate your way through challenging times. Well, there were very few salons that were in that situation. And, you know, for most salons, it was a case of when the when the cash flow tap was turned off, that everything ground to a halt very, very quickly. And uh, and we should have learned. From that lesson because i mean i know you know at, at the moment um you know there's there's all sorts of weather issues i mean i know they've got snow in california i mean yes you know, they do however you know like uh, you go from snow you go to earthquakes in turkey that were a couple of weeks ago you have you know uh, fires you have political unrest i mean there's so much upheaval and if you run a business you need to factor all that in because the government is not there to hold your hand all the time. Luckily, they were 
for most of us, depending on the country you're in, uh, you know, during the the uh, you know the COVID sort of pandemic, um, and hopefully we've all learned from that. And I and I do think that there are or that there is now a lot more focus in terms of business education from the financial perspective. It may not be the fun, sexy, creative side of education in this industry, but I do think that there is a real appetite for that. I want to go really back quickly to the to, to the closing idea, that daily closing. I was scratching some math while, while you were doing that. Um, in this country, it's, it's long been said by you know some, some researchers, people who track the numbers, that we have about 30,000 salons in America who close during most years. That's an average number probably over the last you know, 15, 20 years. And and we hear that you know close to 80% of small businesses in America close, you know, over Every five years, from the from the starting point of business, it's interesting. You know, if if you take we have about two hundred thousand, a little bit over that salons in America, um, and you take that thirty thousand times five years, you know that gets you to one hundred and fifty. That leaves you fifty thousand. Um, the twenty percent of two hundred thousand is forty thousand salons. The math works, you know. And and so for me, as somebody who's always looking for math proof points, it's kind of like that all makes sense. And I think it's so powerful to say to anybody in the audience that. The risk of, of of going out of business in this industry is quite high, and and now that we have all these disruptions, that a lot of them were around forever. I don't think we paid enough attention to them, but it feels like there's more than ever. It's so critical that we we are informed and and know how to be prepared. Yeah, I think over the last few years, a lot of it through social media is, you know, there's there's a lot of talk about you know know your worth and charge your worth and all this sort of stuff and how you mm-hmm. can make you know, a hundred thousand a year as a hairdresser, et cetera. And yes, you can, but it's not the majority. Right. It is, it is the minority. And sometimes I feel like I'm being the, the, the damp squib, if that's the right term, Uh, you know, sort of, you know, pouring cold water on people's uh, uh, optimism for what they can do in this industry. Yes, you can do that. You can earn a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, and more a year. And you and I uh, know people that we can hold up as being people that do that. In fact, I'm about to do a series of podcasts with two or three different operators who are stylists working for someone else in the United States who all are doing over half a million dollars a year. And and the theme of the podcast is going to be about what does it take to do that? Because that is the reality that you can do that. But the reality is also that the average person, the average hairstylist in America uh, is not doing anything like that. You know, that they're doing well under 100,000 in terms of what they generate in total sales. And, and you know, it, it, as much as you want to hold up the people that are achieving fantastic numbers, it is also important to to acknowledge that as a, as an industry that those numbers are not happening i mean I, I don't know maybe you know what this number is but you know what does the average stylist in the united states generate behind the chair in total revenue in a year i'm going to guess and say it's probably 60 grand 70 grand and that is just a guess but i'd be interested what what your take on that was no absolutely and if you and if you go to 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 your earnings you know situation you know 500,000 again we know that you know quote unquote anything is possible but there's all kinds of preconditions and this to me is one of the most important ones so let's say you know 500,000 we can all do it what happens if we all do do it right what happens we are a 50 billion dollar beauty industry at the salon level that's where we are as of 2 years ago 50 billion total revenue coming through salons in america 
if everybody was to make half a million dollars, that that 50 would have to go to $500 billion. It's a 10-time multiplier, let's say, of a, a person making 50000 to 500000 right? So the larger industry, the pie has to exponentially explode. There's not enough customers with enough money for the industry as it is for everything to go up 10 times. It's, just, it's, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, it, yeah. I always say we all can't be billionaires. You know, The pie exactly. is the pie. It can be cut into slices different ways. When somebody makes a billion dollars, other people's money gets shorted because again, the pie is only so big. You know, So, so I think that's important to say. Um, now, we're short form podcast, so I want you to kind of riff on maybe some bullet points because <laughs> we'll keep going. We, let's let's do some quick bullet points. If you were to to give some advice on what are the the key drivers, the key ideas, or, or things that folks should be paying attention to when we talk about finance and economics in in, in this new world that we're that we're living in. Um, well, as a business owner, uh, building in a cash flow buffer. Uh, um, you know, so that you do have that that three months of fallback uh, position uh, as a as a business owner, getting a financial education so that you really do understand the financials of business. I mean, I think I think it's frightening um, the naivety that I had when I opened my first salon from a business point of view. And uh, I don't mind saying that, but you, you have to learn and you have to learn quickly. So, you know, getting a, a financial education so that you understand the numbers of business, because, you know, numbers are the language of business. And, yes, uh, yes. Um, you know, every hairdresser that owns a salon needs to, uh, you know, embrace that and to learn what the the numbers and business are telling you. I love I love that I love every bit of that and and um, yeah and save your money. <laughs> you mentioned it, but I think that buffer, no matter what you do in the industry, no matter who you are in the industry, and and especially if you're a young pe- person in the industry, save your money. Our mutual friend Michael Cole said years and years ago, just save your tips. You want to make life easy uh, and start how you're going to approach you know saving your money. If you're a person working behind the chair, just save your tips. And if you save those tips consistently over 20 years, over 30 years, you're going to have your retirement pretty much set. So again, lots in that. Um, Anthony, tell people where to follow you, where to find you across all the, the various platforms. And I, I can't recommend enough to our audience that you do follow Anthony and pay attention to all the resources he has. Okay, thanks, Gordon. You can find me everywhere at growmysalonbusiness.com. So uh, whether that's YouTube uh, or whether that's on any of the podcasting apps or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, uh, growmysalonbusiness.com will get you to me and uh, uh, the various resources that we have. Including my my really favorite series of books in the industry. I know not everybody likes to read books these days, but if you're passionate about having a great career and a great life in this industry, go check out Anthony's Grow series. It's on my back shelf here. And um, it's, it's just such a great resource. I can't recommend it enough um, to Anthony Whitaker. Um, my friend, our guest today, again, growmysalonbusiness.com. Everybody go check it out. Thank you, Anthony, for being here. Thank you guys for listening. If you like the podcast, I'd appreciate a like, subscribe, and or share. Better yet, leave a review. Visit us over at socialbeautymakers.com to sign up for our free weekly e-newsletter for more content and early access to the podcast. Once again, I am Gordon Miller. I am most excited to bring you more good stuff next time.